This is not an expert podcast. I stare at it every time we record the podcast, and I think it's actually a pretty dope drawing. Thank you. Um, I, in retrospect, would probably do it a little bit differently, but one of the things I am happy with on that painting is how the branch came out. I think the shading, Mm. like the underside being darker and the top side being lighter and all of that, that turned out actually really good. Mm -hmm. The blossoms I I would probably place a little bit differently now, but... Yeah. And then I did As You Wish because we were watching um, The Princess Bride while I painted it. Yeah. I just thought that was cute. But I think now, knowing more, to be honest, that drawing, the first thing I've drawn in like a million years, Mm -hmm. and my second drawing, which was that pebble, were very different. And I'm very proud of my second drawing. Mm -hmm. So I want to redo that shit. I do just want to interject really quickly and say that they're paintings it's i know it's similar it's similar i know i know but i also it's the medium sure that you work with we're about to lose that's just me being too picky our art following is about to drop off. Because <laughs> they are like, he called it a drawing. They don't even know that's what like, it looks like. They that, don't that's know. like, it that's like your parents calling did. like you playing PlayStation, like turn off your Nintendo. You're like, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's a game, okay. but it's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Where you take a little bit of an issue with it. Well, the other thing is on this wall, what I want to do is get us all our star maps and then um, have like all of our names, their meanings, and then hang those next to our paintings mm-hmm. over there. And then we need to yeah, do need another wine and paint night. Mm-hmm. But we need to do another yeah. wine and paint night. I know. I kind of want to redo that as well because I actually think that my trees, I would do with the technique that I did these cherry blossoms now. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that earlier, mm-hmm. actually. Where I was That's like, I really think that cool that would idea. turn out really well. And then Kevin's mom was also telling me that it's kind of like with a waterfall, it's really about the brush that you use. And I don't think I use the right brush, but I know what the right brush is now. Mm. And so what I think that... What brush did that, you use? Is um, it a thick one, thin one? I think I used multiple different, but like a feathered brush or a really dense bristle brush um, would be really helpful for mm-hmm. the illusion of cascading water. Uh, I see. Mm-hmm. You could probably see like individual streams and like the. Yeah. Could figure, but I mean, I'm just trying to at this point maybe paint, um, to get better. I don't know, paint different things yeah. just to get better to mm-hmm. see what things there are. But I don't really know what to paint next. Yeah. I'll find something. But I'm just at this paint point, another range of mountains. Another mountain range. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, my um, my ex stepmom's grandfather uh, used to do a lot of really uh, intricate paintings, and he actually taught me how to draw like a mountain range um, based off of these mountains in Nevada that we were driving past. Um, and he taught me how to do it, and it stuck with me. And I've never painted or like tried to sketch mountains again but i would be interested to see if i still remember that because there was like specific stuff about like i don't know like where you let the shadow come over and like all of that stuff like yeah 
I don't know, there's specific dimension stuff that he was, like, walking me through. But um, he was really talented, though. Like, he did a lot of really cool stuff. Um, my things are amateur compared to what he did. But he was also old by the time I saw his painting. So I bet you at 26, he wasn't super great either. I don't know. Possibly not even painting at that time. I don't know. I don't know that much about him. Well, we will all improve with more practice. Although our first shots were pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. don't think if I got air again that I could I could do something better than that because I don't really have an idea. Well, I think it, maybe next time we don't do... Elements. We could do a different yeah. theme. I like the theme theme. Yeah, but what... Oh, sorry. What thing is there four of that each of us are something different? It'll just be at least four, and then we can pick from the category. <clears throat> chakras, for example. Mm. We can all pick a chakra to... Okay, you gotta stop paint. saying it like that. Chakra? Now it's just annoying. Sorry. <laughs> now it's chakra? just annoying. I know I said that you should try to <laughs> pronounce it. Sorry. Chakras. Good. Oh, God. That's yeah. the worst. <laughs> I think you mean shot. Oh. Am I right? <laughs> we should be taking now shots. Now you're speaking right? my language. We should be taking shots, but I do want to say my topic today, I have quite a bit of information on, so I would like to dive in yeah. a little bit earlier than we normally do. Let's do it. Um, just because I do want to give as comprehensive of a look as I can. Um, this obviously isn't the full picture, and I feel a little bit bad, but um, to start... This, this is, is not, not an, an expert, expert podcast. <laughs> oh, I thought we were doing the whole thing together. Yeah, we are. Yeah, but you didn't say podcast. Oh, sorry. This podcast. is too late. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Guess I'm Kevin. And I'm Megan. And it's your boy, Dev. <laughs> oh, you got gang, son. Whoa. Straight All jacked. right. I guess I'm just Michael today. Wow. Um, I feel I like my soul's been your identity, away. Michael. Think about that. Speaking well. of stealing identities, uh, Megan's episode this week has nothing to do with that. So it's going to be a good one, though. <laughs> Megan, what do you have in store for us? Um, so my topic I've been alluding to in the past few episodes, um, it's going to be on the Radium Girls. Um, the sources that I used, I just wanted to go over, are obviously Wikipedia, um, there is c10worldwar1.org, allthat'sinteresting.com, livescience.com, and then most notably, uh, Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Woman by Kate Moore. That's a book that I strongly recommend to everybody because I have to give a very cursory glance to try and get it to kind of fit in. But she goes in depth to, like, every single case, and there were like 300 women affected by it and she goes over like everything she does like comprehensively she talks about the lawsuits she talks about all the moving parts because this is an extremely complex thing that happened and there are lots of layers so that being said i'm going to try and do my best to give you guys an overview um but just know that there's a lot more to the story than what i can go over in an hour or even like two hours like there's just a ton of info she put in the sources y'all 
I did because I want people to go look it up by themselves. Like it, yeah. And also, I think that we should be giving credit to like where we find things. Of course, her paper's in MLA format, by the way. Um, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I I did put actually I put the links at the at the bottom so There's that way if I ever go back to this uh, I like if, it. if I go back to this um, I can see some of the stuff uh, that mm-hmm. I that I used. But um, let's start with who are the Radium Girls? Uh, the Radium Girls were female factory workers who contracted radiation poisoning from painting watch dials with self-luminous paint. The painting was done by uh, women at three different United States radium factories, and the term now applies to the women working at the facilities, one in Orange, New New Jersey, beginning around 1917, one in Ottawa, Illinois, beginning in the early 1920s, and a third third facility in Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, so radium girls refers to the women in those three factories. Um, there were two companies that owned those three factories. Um, from 1917 to 1926, the United States Radium Corporation, um, which was initially called the Radium Luminous Material Corporation, um, was mining... Uh, or they were a defense contractor. Uh, U.S. Radium was a major supplier uh, of luminescent watches to the military. Um, So their plant in Orange, New Jersey, employed over 100 workers who were mainly women. Um, The second company was the Radium Dial Company. It was established in Ottawa, Illinois. Um, They opened up a second plant in Waterbury, Connecticut, but they they just uh, labeled it as unaffiliated, but it was still owned by them. But they were trying to navigate away. So basically, when they opened that first plant and things started to turn south, they opened a second one that was supposed to be a little bit more on the DL. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that was basically their way of just trying to get around a lot of these uh worker violations um so basically with radium uh i don't know if you guys know this much about it i don't know that much about like what radium actually is what it was used for but it was used primarily in world war one that's where we first started using it not for bombs or anything but to paint watch faces um So in 1918, 95% of all the radium produced in America was given over to the manufacturer um, of radium paint for use on military dials. Um, They would paint the watch faces and they could be used in the trenches. So when soldiers were wading through the mud and in the dark, they could tell the time. So it was essentially like glow in the dark. that's such a funny thought, like, now that we know <laughs> about radioactivity, the uses that they were using this incredibly yeah. dangerous material for was that they could read time in the dark. Well, and that's one thing that I am about to go into as well is, like, okay, but still, what the fuck is radium? Because for me, I'm not, like, super chemistry-focused, I'm not super science-focused, mm-hmm. so I know, like radioactive materials but i right, don't that's about the limitation of my knowledge as yeah well. it's like well what is radium yeah but um going to the invention air quotes of radium um radium infused paint was a new invention in 1917 although pierre and marie curie had first identified the element in 1898 um, but it wasn't until 1910 that marie had successfully isolated a sample of it to work with 
Um, right away, they knew their discovery was dangerous. Marie gave herself several burns by handling it improperly. Um, and then Pierre also said he couldn't bear the thought of sharing a room with even a kilogram of the stuff because he was afraid it would blind him and burn off his skin. Sounds yeah. probably right. Yeah. So they yeah. worked with large quantities of pure radium. Uh, but in the 20th century, the conventional uh, wisdom was that uh, a little bit of it was good for human health. So during the early Classic. 20th century, hundreds of thousands of people drank radium-infused tonic water, brushed their teeth with radium toothpaste, and wore radium cosmetics that gave their skin a bright, cheery glow. Um, mixed with the right kind of paint, radium would luminesce after exposure to light. So a watch face, you know, would soak yeah. up the energy, glow in the dark, kind well, of like what I was saying. <laughs> I like that it's like the current day glass of wine theory. Yeah. Or uh, like uh, cocaine, yeah. when everybody cocaine. was like, cocaine's the best, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, a little just, bit of it keeps the doctor Just start a little That's bit true. in the morning and you're fine. And then in like a century, we're going to be talking about coffee the same way. <laughs> but actually, we are already I talking know. about it. Coffee is like pretty good, but <laughs> no. Um, but radium was really considered like a scientific left. miracle and yeah. a lot of people were infusing it into um, their daily lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we Trek back to what is radium. I have some fun facts for you. I like it. Radium is an unstable element and undergoes several stages of radioactive decay, reaching its end product of lead. Uh, Ah, we all know about lead. And that that was is where I was like, okay, Uh, radium (laughs) has an abundance in the Earth's crust, about one part per, per trillion by weight. That means nothing to me. Uh, what does mean something to me is that it is the 84th most abundant element in the Earth's crust. Um, the radium isotope has uh, the longest, oh, I'm sorry, the radium isotope that has the longest half-life is radium-226 with a half-life of 1,602 years, which means that the women affected by this, um, I mean, you'll see they excavated their bodies. They are still glowing. They are still radioactive. And so people had to handle their bodies carefully because they're still glowing. They're still radioactive. Um, And also the Curie's journals are still radioactive. Um, And cannot be handled. Uh, That's one of my ones later down. But uh, radium typically enters the body when it is breathed in Mm -hmm. or swallowed. Health effects from radium exposure include cancer, anemia, cataracts, and death. Um, Radium emits alpha particles, beta particles, and gamma rays. Radium is in the same group as calcium and is sometimes used to target bone cancer. Alpha particles emitted by the radium kills the cancerous cells. However... A very specific way they go about doing that, and I promise you, in the 1920s, they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't doing it they like that. So, um, radium. This is where it really started kind of clicking for me. Radium is primarily extracted as a byproduct in uranium mining. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, most of the radium comes from uranium. Or I'm sorry, most of the radium comes from uranium mines in the Democratic Republic of Congo and Canada. Um, Due to her work with radium, Marie Curie was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize in physics in 1903 and the first scientist to win two Nobel Prizes. She won her second in 1911 
And then, of course, the Curie's laboratory notebooks are still too radioactive to be handled um, today. Um, so, isn't that crazy? She won a Nobel Prize for that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, alpha radiation is harmless in small doses, so uh, examples of that are like a microwave or even in the bathroom. Um, there are, I guess, natural sources of radiation. I can't think of anything so, in the bathroom. Interesting. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, alpha and uh, beta radiation. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I think one of them is uh, protons. Uh, and the other is a neutron. Okay, I did I did skip past this, but I guess we'll s- scoop back. And if this episode is long, then it's... Alpha particles are two, proton, two protons and two neutrons bonded together. Beta particles are high-energy electrons or positrons. And yeah. gamma rays are the most energetic wavelength of yeah. light. Okay, now we move on. <laughs> uh... Anyways, uh, even nature is full of it as the low energy particles have a hard time penetrating even one layer of skin. Outside of the body, outside of the body, it's virtually safe. Inside the body, um, it wreaks god awful havoc on the body's tissues. Essentially, because it is viewed as what is it in the same category as calcium, yeah. it destroys Ooh. the calcium in your bones and replaces the calcium in your bones. Um, It's all making sense now. I feel it in my bones enough to make my system glow. mm -hmm. Welcome to the new age. So, their working life, um, (laughs) the pay was really, really good. So essentially all the men had headed off to World War I. And so women were left behind, and there was a whole, like, Rosie the Riveter, take up your part in the war. Women are left behind to man factories and to support the war effort. Um, And so they paid them really well. It was roughly three times the average working girl's wage. Um, And That should be an alarm right there. Big red flag. Wave that around that women are getting paid a reasonable (laughs) amount in that time. Mm, Something's wrong with this picture. Um, Well, they viewed it as necessary. So in some ways, but they got a lot of uh, privileges. Um, Mainly uh, the job was given to for the women to apply the glowing paint to the faces of clocks and instrument gauges and wristwatches. They were taught a technique um, that was called lip dip. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have it somewhere back here. Where is it? I'm sorry. Lip dip paint. So what they would do is they would chew. They would bite on the end of their Fuck. their paintbrush in between every single number. By the way, um, on all of the watch faces, all of the clocks, everything. They would bite on the tip of their paintbrush. They would dip it in the paint. They would paint the watch face. They would put it in their mouth, dip it in the paint, paint the watch face. So they would paint, or they would chew on the toothbrush end and get it to a point, and it's called lip pointing. Um, Dip it in the radioactive paint, paint a one. Put it in their mouth, dip it in the paint, paint a two. Put it in their mouth, (laughs) like it all day, all day long. One more time. Yeah, a three. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying that's literally you're looking at like a watch face that has 12 numbers and in between every single, well, it has more than 12 numbers technically if you count like 10 and 11 is two separate digits, you mm, know? That's true. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it has a, a crazy amount. Who could even who could even count it? Not me of uh, numbers. And so they're, they have their brushes in their mouth all day. Um, but... 
Uh, without exception, the radium girls were told that the paint was safe to handle, and so virtually no precautions were taken while they ha uh, handled and even ingested do or countless doses of radioactive poison. Uh, the men who worked for the U.S. Radium Corporation wore lead aprons to protect them from this radiation, er, radiation which was known to have a cumulative effect, so it builds upon itself. Mm. So um, they knew about it. They just chose... Oh, they definitely Hold knew. on. <laughs> the shop girls were given no protection of any kind and even encouraged to lick their brushes to get a fine point for detail of work. The reason the company gave for this difference was that the male engineers were handling huge bundles of raw material and while the girls were never exposed to more than a small amount at once. Okay, so at least it seems like it was less out of sexism and more out of ignorance. No, um, the... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Kate Moore, who wrote the extremely in-depth book, uh, I was reading an interview that they did with her when her book was coming out, and she said, no, this was 100% like sexism. Okay. Women were viewed as like dispensable. They knew it wasn't good. There's a lot of stuff okay. that I'm going to get into where you will see that like they did not give a fuck about these well, women. Then I'm going back. I'm glad mm -hmm. that my, yeah, my expectations were yeah, still Go, ahead and, go Plus, ahead and backtrack like, that. A small time with a large amount. Is equivalent to a to large, a large time, time with a small amount. I know. This is years after of, the curious already yeah. said it was bad. That's what I was like. They the already, already said talk, it's fucked. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so the paint naturally got all over the girls because it was very dusty in yeah. the factories. Um, and their clothes and skin would glow uh, when they got home from work. The girls thought this was great fun, reassured by their supervisors that they were perfectly safe. Some girls even took to wearing their best ball gowns to work on Friday so it would glow at the dance on the weekend. Girls painted their nails with radium, sparkled flakes into their hair, and even applied it to their uh, teeth to give their kiss a pop. So it's like they were viewed as highly enviable, basically being they were called ghost girls because um, at night they would like glow as they were walking down the street and they were envied after. They were like, um, these articles don't go as much into it, but like men wanted to be with them. Other girls wanted to be them. Like it was a highly sought after position and basically that dead giveaway was like that they had radium all over them they had like a dusting off room where they could uh dust themselves off but instead they just went in there turned off all the lights and put extra on their clothing and stuff so you're telling me it was their own fault no <laughs> they thought it was perfectly fine i know i'm joking they obviously. thought it was perfectly safe uh there's a lot of stuff man they were so fucking misled and even once they started catching on they were misled more you would not believe i mean i'm going to tell you but you will not believe the bullshit they pull with women okay so for several years working at the radium plant was fun and very well paid so many of the employees encouraged their sisters nieces and sisters-in-law to apply by 1920 several large families were working on uh, the u.s radium corporation's floor totaling around 300 girls at the peak of operations so that doesn't seem like a large number necessarily, but that's a large number of people to be ingest ingesting poison and to be like showing up for the war effort and then be utterly dispensable. And that's at one time as well. Mm -hmm. So they did have a rotating in and out. Um, so the main person that we're going to focus on is a girl named Molly Magia. Um, however, I know from the book that she had a sister 
um, who also was employed there, who also died. She had a whole family. Um, and the, uh, like, havoc that the U.S. Radium Corporation uh like reeked on their families was terrible because not only are you like losing a daughter, you're losing two daughters. You're use, you're losing two daughters and a niece. You're losing like people are dropping like flies from this. And even if they're not dropping like flies, they literally what I'm about to describe to you is very graphic, but they are literally falling apart. Um, so in January of 1922, radium girl Molly McGee got a toothache. She went to the dentist who told her her molar needed to come out. A few weeks later, she was back, um, to have the tooth next to that one pulled. Neither wound healed, but they grew together and seeped blood and pus into Molly's mouth. More teeth had to come out after that. By May, so four months, her dentist thought Molly needed surgery to remove a fast-growing abscess he'd found on her jaw. When he got the gums open, the bone didn't look right as it was too ashy and gray, so he gently prodded it with his finger. To his shock and horror, the whole, bo- the whole bone crumbled under his fingertip, and he got to pull out her entire left jaw with nothing but his fingers. Ah. I'm just going to play the perspective of like a corporation <laughs> is. Sounds like you should have a bad dentist and she took very poor care of her teeth. So it was actually dentists who started coming to the rescue because they were the first ones to, it took them way too long, don't get me wrong, but they were the ones who started um, piecing together. Like, hey, you had a girl with that issue? I had a girl with that issue. I've never seen anything fucking like that, you know, or they work with a similar material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he dug out her left jaw. Um, doo, doo, doo. Let's see. So that summer, the rest of Molly's jaw came out, followed by bits of her inner ear. Um, and by September, eight months after her first toothache, she was dead. Is she, was she still working? So I'm going to go into that. Okay, okay. Um, but you don't yeah. get no sick leave. <sighs> The tumors uh, had cut into her jugular vein and flooded her throat with blood, choking her to uh, death in her bed. Um, She wasn't the only girl that that happened to. Uh, Radium passes easily through the gums and into the blood, so around the time Maggie got sick, all sorts of odd symptoms were cropping up among the shop girls. Uh, Kate Moore's book describes most, if not all, of these cases, so again, I highly encourage you to read this book um, for a more detailed account for or of the victims. Um, it's not something easily shared in an hour. Mm, many of these girls got married and had children but were unable to carry them or be in their lives due to radium poisoning uh, and their resulting death. One woman tried to pick up her child and her arm popped out of its socket and then was broken and was done. She couldn't use that arm, so she couldn't pick up her kid. It's so fucked. Like, these women, even if they were living, had a drastically... uh, like diminished quality of life um and they were told it the entire time that it was safe it wasn't the radium it wasn't the radium um this was the 1920s women still weren't seen as actual humans and so doctors didn't have to tell them the truth about their health so multiple women were taken to the doctors or were hospitalized um but the leaders of the radium corporations bribed and persuaded the doctors not to tell the women Uh, the truth about their results. So basically, they were told that they were anemic or had syphilis, um, which a lot of women, like the 
it, syphilis is kind of like a, a scarlet letter where it's like a huge source of shame because it basically means that you've been sexually promiscuous and not safe because it's an STD. Syphilis is an STD. And so, I mean, we saw this in Les Mis. To die of syphilis is basically somebody saying, um, you're a whore. Obviously, that's a huge like misconception, but that is what was put on all of these women's death certificates is that they died of syphilis. Um, and so it like basically for families to lose multiple daughters, a niece, a cousin, and you know, all of that to syphilis, they were not happy about it. They were like, no, there's no fucking way. Like, I know my kid, I know my niece, I know my cousin, like, that's not, that's not it, you know? Um, but yeah, the doctors did not have to tell them the truth. Some of the doctors were perplexed. But then the U.S. Radium Corporation got to see the woman's test results, and the women didn't. And so, like, it's all very fucked. There was no HIPAA for women. There was, like, nothing like that. Um, that was the most shocking thing to me, where I was like, they couldn't even, they wouldn't even tell them what was going on in their own bodies, and they didn't have to. Like, it's not even, like, a diss to the doctors. They didn't have to. That was normal at the time, where you would, you know give or defer like choices on a woman's body to the husband mm -hmm. you would defer you know health related things to the husband or to the employer i guess in this case um but as a result uh many of the women returned to working at the factories while they could which only made things worse um a lot of them were being told that it was just nothing it was just a toothache or just a toothache and so they were like Okay, no, well, <laughs> then it's just a toothache, so I'm going to go back to work. Or the ones that were really sick worked for as long as they could because it was such good money. They wanted their families to have that money. They were being relied on to bring in that money. They were like, yeah, I mean, they were basically being breadwinners and then were told that their job wasn't related to any of their issues. And so they were like, why don't I go back into work while I can, you know? Um one woman suffered a total collapse of her vertebrae as the radiation did to her spine, what it had done to Maggie's jaw. So it's not just like mouth-related issues. Um, others developed skin cancer, cataracts, throat cancer, which sounds horrifying to me, um, and other symptoms of long-term radiation exposure, such as loose teeth and hair loss. Also horrifying to me. Um, at the time, though, radi uh, radium, oh, sorry, though radium was known to be acutely dangerous, nobody had any experience with radiation sickness, so they couldn't point to those and be like, that's radiation poisoning. So instead, they, you know, they ruled Molly's death um, due to syphilis, and the company, uh, the U.S. Radiation Corporation, uh, was like, yep. That checks out, like, yes, please, that's definitely, definitely what that was. But, unfortunately for them, lawsuits definitely started rolling in because a lot of families were like, no way, like, that's not, that's not what's going yeah. on. So, way back before the uh, United States Radium Corporation had started operations, the firm's president had commissioned a safety, uh, c had commissioned safety studies on the glowing muck 
uh, and had come away satisfied that it was safe. By 1924, when dozens of radium girls were sick or dead, uh, an independent study, one that the US Radi- United States Radium Corporation didn't pay for, established that radioactive paint is indeed hazard- hazardous when ingested. So this was something wow. else that was fucked that was in Kate Moore's book. They had doctors come and check out all of the women while they were working, and they got results from those doctors while they were working they knew that the girls were being poisoned and then they told the girls that they were all fine and they were like well a doctor came by and like so i've been checked by a doctor and i'm fine and so like isn't that fuck they got doctors to come to their work they also paid for multiple studies but then did not like the results never and trust so, anything your company pays for but isn't that yeah. fucked that they had doctors even come by? And I've forgotten about that until right now. But uh, oh, the book is so, so interesting because she really goes into all of it. Um, whereas every article I saw um, did not do the justice that the book did. The book is so, so good. Like, like, was it like greed for money? Did they just need like warm bodies to do the painting, or the U.S. just needed those night lights in their fucking watches, or like they considered right. the war more important well, well, than the casualties at the civilians? I was gonna go a little so bit differently. There. It was sponsored by the U.S. military. I'm sure they looked at it because why would they, they were not? an independent contractor? That's what I was gonna get at. Is that the corporations were private? They were independent mm-hmm. of the government. So I mean, not to say that it would have been any different. I mean, the government was fucked. Yeah, but, who's to um, say? But this is. I mean, this is like the 1920s when FDR, like before FDR was president, before things yeah. actually started getting halfway decent for uh, disenfranchised groups. Well, like, and to I mean, be fair, the book spans the lawsuits in the book and the. Like, impact spans from the 1920s to the 1960s as far as direct impacts, but there's still, like, women who died off due to cancer. Who's to say that wasn't from the radiation poisoning, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, so, yes, it started in the 20s, but Mm -hmm. there's also a large amount of it that spanned much, much further than that. Most defense contractors that are not working, like, in a field like that have some sort of governmental oversight because if you work for the government they have to be oversighting you so it seems like there was definitely some part of like but negligence in i doubt back then yeah. i highly doubt back then yeah because the government was so obsessed with like what was happening in the world they probably had no idea where the shit they i mean they probably didn't give from. a shit i yeah. mean yeah you also have to think about this is three little factories in that's yeah yeah in an entire like, world war Exactly. Yes, they maybe do have like a little bit of oversight, but they're unlikely to really take a look at a factory or at three factories with women painting. Yeah. You know, like they're just, there's painting. Like, I don't know. It sounds like not that big of a deal, I guess. Um, So, outraged at the implications and financial ramifications of the study, the United States Radium Corporations did something modern readers are familiar with from dealing with tobacco and big oil companies. They paid for another study that found what they wanted to find, and that swallowing radioactive paint is good for you. (laughs) Um, However, uh, they basically... Things really turned around um, after Harrison Martland got involved. Um, there are quite a few lawyers who was on, who were on this, 
But basically around the time that dentists started coordinating what they were seeing, and Harrison Martland, kind of the hero of the story a little bit, um, came in, things started to be a little bit different. Um, so uh, he decided to just look into it for himself. He was, I believe, taking the cases uh, pro bono, but he saw way too many weird things um, for him not to be interested. Uh, so the first thing he did was he reopened the case of Molly McGee. Um, at that time, cause of death was established by a coroner's jury, um, which was made up of laymen and acted like a jury in a court case. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, it goes without saying that that's, like, dysfunctional and doesn't, like... Can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, you you put uh, a sick person in a court, <laughs> right? And then you have two doctors debating about what the diagnosis is, and then a jury of uneducated fucks like us get to decide what the diagnosis for this person is and what their treatment plan is. Oh, that's that's the equivalent here, except this is fucking worse. Um, Who... Who thought of this shit? Which dumb motherfucker <laughs> sat down? A coroner's jury has got to be the dumbest phrase. This is, this, is, this is a lot of times I have issue with people like try to follow the law to the letter. I'm like, are you fucking stupid? Like, are you mentally like gone? Mm -hmm. Did you did your brain get fried by radium? Like, that's like, not out of the question, right? Like, so anyways, Martland, uh, as a medical officer of Essex County, abolished the jury system and hired competent medical examiners. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's so, a first. Isn't that fucking crazy? That was here. a first. Um, as expected, Molly's corpse showed no sign of syphilis, but had clearly been mangled by radiation, so much so that her corpse was still uh, severely radioactive and glowing. Um, similar results came through for the other girls who had died, and eventually the United States Radium Corporation was driven into ruin by the medical and court costs, which sounds great. But let me get through this next paragraph before anybody gets too excited. I'm not cheering. Uh, the Atomic Heritage Foundation, that was my way of citing one that I forgot to cite at the beginning, uh, said that initial attempts to receive compensation from the U.S. radium, um, from U.S. radium were futile. Medical and legal costs were enormous, and the U.S. radium was well defended by a team of lawyers and held a prominent position as, as a government contractor. Nevertheless, the story of the so-called radium girls uh, poisoning soon became a national sensation. Eventually, uh, dial painter Grace Fryer filed a lawsuit along with four other women uh, for damages of $250,000. However, because they were dying, needed to secure financial security for their family, and had medical and law, like, uh, what is it, law costs? Lawyer yeah. fees. Attorney. Yeah, lawyer yeah. fees, like that, that type of stuff. Yeah, it was all just stacking up. Uh, so they would eventually settle for $10,000 each and a 600 annual payment, although none of them would survive more than two years after the settlement. Sorry, legal fees is the word we were looking for. Yes, thank Sorry, you. Continue. No, you're right, you're right. I just thought of it. Yeah, but $10,000 each is basically the most that anyone saw. This... This system. And that's the most. That was only for the girls that fought hard to get money. It's not like they were out here doing that for just people who had passed already or, 
you know, sorry, I keep going. So everything that you just heard that's happening like the 30s and the 40s currently of what she's saying, um, that what's fucked about that, that's still how it works today. Mm-hmm. Where if you are fucked by a large corporation, you can do like put your boots on and try your fucking best, pay out your ass for like lawyers and, and whatever you can research teams uh, to fight against a huge company that has to pay a penny out of their wallet to get the same but better lawyers and defense teams. Mm-hmm. And 99 percent of the time, you're either not going to win or you're going to walk away with less than you deserve. Uh, and so just as a quick tangent, uh, how do we stop that? Uh, if private no. corporations, well, yeah, I mean, that's the end, <laughs> end result, but if private corporations uh, are not going to be uh, held, are not able to be held liable by the general public, then the only person that can hold them liable is the government go vote. Anyways. And also, though, I mean, that's one of the things that they touch on a little bit as a as a government contractor, they had extra power mm-hmm. in that. So it's difficult. That's why it's really important to make some businesses more public and less private. Because when they're private, then they have a stronger footing in government. And that shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so as it, I mean, goes without saying, vindication came too late for most of the radium girls. Many died young, usually in horrible pain and fear, while others lived many years with weakened bones, lost teeth, and various forms of cancer, which may or may not have been caused by their exposure to radium as teens. It definitely isn't helping it. Um, do you have like a, I might be getting ahead of you, but do you have like a death or affected toll? So it's difficult to get an exact number. Roughly. Because it's like. Yeah, I mean, there's some semblance of it that is like. There's at least probably like, I think they said 120 women Mm -hmm. pretty definitively died due to their exposure to radium. Let alone. I'm sure a lot more were like. Because it's not like coronavirus. It's not like, oh, some people are, will be okay. Exactly. Just happen to At the end of the day. Every yeah. single cell is affected by Well, there is radiation. one or two women who are still alive today. And they just got lucky. They well, got they lucky, just but they're still radioactive as fuck. That's yeah. another mm. thing to keep in mind, that they are still in themselves radioactive. Like, yeah. that's one thing that... Yeah. Whether you're looking at the dead bodies and sometimes also, like, especially I believe that um, the one in Illinois uh, was super far away from Chicago. It was in a small, small town. And so it would take them days to get to Chicago and they didn't have access to like a coroner. And so there were times where radioactive bodies were sitting in a house and they were dead with their husband and their children for days, weeks. Like literally one woman um, had two kids and a husband and they, I think she laid in her house like for two weeks. I mean, being dead before like somebody could come get her and move her. And that's also part of the reason that it took them so long to fight this because they were in a small town. They didn't have a ton of resources. They had to go to Chicago and get somebody to look over in their direction. Mm-hmm. Like, and that coming from a bunch of women wasn't like they went to Chicago multiple times in an attempt to get someone to look in their direction. Um, and it just wasn't happening. Um, 
which is terrible. Um, yeah. Uh, after a typically protracted and ugly court battle, some of the girls were compensated, others weren't, and life went on, which That's a sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's a sad sentence to hear. Um, so, uh, let's see. Mabel Williams of Olympia, Washington, may now be the last surviving radium girl. In 2015, she was 104 years old, and she had worked for United States Radium Corporation at 16. Um, basically, uh, Dr. Martland's work had attracted a lot of attention, and so uh, a lot of research was poured into how to safely handle um, uranium, plutonium, radium, that type of stuff. Uh, additionally, a lot of workers' rights came around for that. Um, still too little, in my opinion. Um, but they did start to look at, like, okay, why weren't these women told? Because the company clearly did know mm-hmm. why was it that the doctors could not share their, could lie to them about their health information. Because women were considered um, too fragile to know about their demise. And that makes me so mad. So mad. Um, But in 1942, physicists at the University of Chicago successfully established a brief chain reaction. Three years later, the Manhattan Project produced several atomic bombs. Um, For decades afterwards, the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission credited their research and experience gained in the United States Radium Corporation shop with helping them devise handling and safety protocols that kept thousands of other young war workers safe during World War II. Token gesture. I mean, like, yes, that's great, that's fine, but they had the resources and capability to figure that out the whole time. Yeah, they just didn't want to do it. Yeah, like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, we figured it out because they all died. No, fuck no, you could have figured it out. Marie Curie, who found the shit, was like, no. Like, 15 years ago, she figured it out. Yeah, she was like, no, bitch. Mm -mm, Don't fuck with that. So, um... So... Yeah, it just says Dr. Martland's work on the radium girls and the effects of long-term alpha exposure is being cited, and is it's not too far out to say that tens of thousands of people around the world have benefited from what was learned from the radium girls. But again, token gesture. A lot of them died. A lot of the families went into financial ruin because they were trying to sue this big corporation. Uh, for me... I was left, like, at the end of reading that book with a very somber, like, let's not try and look on the bright side. Let's look that in the face, say that sucked, and learn from it. But let's not say, like, oh, we discovered the atomic bomb because of it. No. Mm, We had the resources to figure that out the whole time without girls dying. And they were young. Like, they were beautiful. They were taught that it was a status symbol. Like, that's just so fucked to me. Like, the the radium and the glowing and all of that was covetable. It was what everybody wanted. It was who everybody wanted to be. And um, it was, like, killing them. And the corporation knew it the entire time. The whole time. Yeah, it seems like from how they pinned it at the end, it's just the most fucked up experiment of all time with unwilling participants that they just willingly just threw to the wolves to die. But that's, like, exactly how, I mean, women, and in a grand scheme, workers have been viewed throughout all of history. Workers are the unwilling participants in these experiments, 
And if they die, well, that sucks. At least we learned a lesson. But it's always one we could have learned the whole time. So luckily, I definitely had enough time to get through all of that info. I promise you there is more. It's incredibly compelling. Like even me going over it, um, I wish I could just like read the book aloud and do like Megan's story hour for, I mean, for a few weeks, you know, like <laughs> just read Kate Moore's book aloud because the way she writes it is incredibly captivating. Um, and it's important to really take a look and like a deep dive at all the things that were at play because there was lots of stuff, stuff with lawyers, with doctors, with dentists, with the women themselves, the women's families, um, I mean, like some of the women had husbands who were actively trying to fight the United States uh, Radium Corporation after they died. But I mean, postmortem, a lot of sympathy kind of went out the window. But there were women who were in court, like on their deathbeds in court trying to fight this. You know, they were showing people like, hey, here's my super infected jaw. Hey, here's my lack of a jaw, you know, like. They were showing pictures. They were trying to, like, fight it, and it just was not happening. Like I said, the most they ever paid anybody was $10,000. Yeah. And that's it. And even in 1920s money, that's not a lot. That's like nothing. And that's nothing compared to the medical bills and the, you know, the legal fees. And then, of course, the loss of wages, because now this, you know, this family who thought that they would have the mom working now has the mom dead and so it's up to the dad to support all of his kids and himself Mm -hmm. you know i mean that goes both ways um it's incredibly fucked but it's also incredibly interesting because like even now if i hadn't just picked up that book by happenstance one day because one of my coworkers was reading it i wouldn't even know about it the only reason i know about it is because i got lucky and looked at a book like yeah. Why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we talking about workers' rights? Like, why aren't we talking about that in relation to women's rights? Because women have always been treated like trash. Um, I don't know. To me, it's just like I still wouldn't know about it if I hadn't picked up yeah. a book that my coworker was reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we're still in not that great of a spot, even in today's with everything going on. I think we're in a terrible, terrible spot still. Yeah. You know, like I think. Do you remember um, uh, the uh, the last episode that we were talking about privatization and uh, governmental entities like with the space and stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how I said that I wouldn't want just privatization because it would lead to shit like this. That's the thing is there's a balance for everything. Place, there's you know? definitely I think the system of checks and balances in theory and in execution is a good one. You just have to make sure that for every like every action there is a counterbalance. Yeah. You know, and like that's where I feel like we've gone wrong in government and that's what I feel like went wrong in this. Like there was nobody to check their power. There was nobody as big as the United States Radium Corporation to look in the direction of those girls and say, Hey, that's fucked. No one was as big as them. It's I mean, like I was saying with the tobacco and oil like companies nobody is as big as like bp yeah nobody has the resources to take them on regardless of who lives who dies who's fucked over in the process and that is fucked that's not right at all there has to be some accountability no matter public private i find it's easier to do by public 
stuff but of course you don't want too many hands in what you're doing and so it's like there's definitely just got to be some sort of balance yeah what are you thinking i am mortified yeah i mean i am just and i'm so angry i mean you know i'm angry at this a little bit but i'm even more angry at the the thought the notion the truth that this can and still is in many ways occurring today Mm-hmm. That's and, one thing that really hits me, too, is, like, yeah. this story, I could have just as easily told you this about the year 2017. Yeah, and I would have believed you. Yep. It would have been equally as shocking, but also not shocking about the timeline. It would have been, yeah. like, wow, like, that's fucked, and, you know, women aren't treated well, and corporations have, like, this imbalance think, of, par- of well, power. Well, let's not, so. I mean, definitely part of it is just being, like, women, but also let's not say that, like, men are necessarily being treated any better. But that's Workers right, yeah. in general are not yeah. treated as well as they should be. All of the morals wanna, of the story yeah. translate to present day. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a single thing in here, with the exception of the coroner's jury, but that was gone during this, thank God. Yeah. But there's not, like, a single thing that I can point out in this series of cases and and uh, corporation injustice mm-hmm. that can't and isn't already occurring or continuously occurring in, in 2020. Well, and that's why I think it's important to not say that we pull some greater lesson out of it or some greater thing. Like, none of this needed to happen for us to yeah. try to work harder to safely handle radioactive yeah. materials. These women did not need to die. They didn't need to be lip pointing. Like, literally, they would have people go around and walk around the factories and teach, like, if they weren't lip pointing between every number, they would, like, stand over them and be like, lip point. could have been avoided if they just had one person going around telling people, don't put that shit in your fucking mouth. So that's actually one of the things is that one of the women brought up like, hey, I'm having a lot of mouth issues. I think something might be wrong with that. But then they had the doctors come in and say that everything was fine. Yeah. And they were like, man, like, I, I believe my friend and I love my friend. But ultimately, like, who am I to go against a doctor? Yeah. We I mean, learned all the... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, since then, the only thing I've learned from this... This is the only takeaway that I got in terms of overall government is that people in power in the government just don't care. They ne- they've never cared about workers or people below them, and they never mm-hmm. will. And that's exactly yeah, right. That's the thing. That's why I think it's important to talk about these things and look at them in the face and not try to draw some like optimistic meaning out of it, but instead look at it and say, that sucks, but also that's happening now, and that sucks. And like none of this needs to happen. It's a tale as old as time. It's something that has happened. It's going to continue happening. We have to do something. I mean, we have to put a stop to it in some way. In a lot of ways, it seems like the problems are bigger than, you know, what we can handle. But I can tell you the first step. Two words. Go vote. Yeah. All the I, I'm just upset that all the wrong lessons were learned from this. Like there's mm-hmm. none of the things that should have been taken away from this experience that these people had was taken away. What we learned and the only takeaway that it seems like was radium is bad. It's radioactive and it can hurt you from the inside. Like that we, was known before. We knew that before. We could have figured that out like without like yeah. the, the point is right. Doctors came in 
paid off, assured people that this was healthy. Like the, uh, the corporations paid off these doctors, treated these people horribly, uh, acted it, it, with incredible injustice and never really like paid for these actions. I mean, yeah, for the most I mean, part. a lot of like, OK, so the United States Freedom Corporation was disbanded because of what they lost in financial because women after this started being publicized, women didn't want to work for them anymore. So their factories emptied out. And so there is that. But those men who own those factories went on to live long and happy and healthy lives with their families. Probably wearing lead aprons all the time to be protected. <laughs> and then they would get lead poisoning. But that was like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing to me is right from the get-go, the men were being protected. And some of the women looked at that and they were like, oh, that's weird. Like, they're really suited up. But the, I mean, the radium cor- corporations had explanations for everything. They had reasons. They, I mean, they were lies, but they had answers. When they were asked questions, they were never like, oh, I don't know. They always had an answer, and that's scary, too, because then it was like, I don't know. To me, I think the doctors is the scariest part of, like, the doctors not having to tell the women about their health. Mm -hmm. That, to me, was the most shocking and awful thing of it all, because it's like, yeah, you expect that from... A corporation, right? You don't expect that from a medical professional. And this didn't change. Those are the yeah, yeah. those are the people who made the laws of this country. By the way, yeah. those are the same yeah. people who think that. So again, going back to saying that people who think that the law is the almighty and powerful, I think, are the dumbest fucking people on fucking. Well, Earth. it's also like the mentality of like, okay, but like. During World War II, the Nazi regime was what was legal, and hiding Jews yeah. was illegal. And so exactly. looking at the the law as, like, an end-all, be-all is... Or looking at it as, like, a moral compass is a little... Is a lot yeah. ridiculous. And there's a lot of instances where we can point to that. You know, slavery is a great example of, like, that was what the law was at the time. Yeah. And I can look at that and be like, mm, that doesn't align with my moral values. You know, I can look at Nazi Germany and say, hmm, that doesn't align with my moral values. Acting like the law should be your moral compass is ridiculous. Yeah. Any, anytime anyone ever says that, I lose total faith, interest, and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. wanting or the ability to hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the... By the way, the whole thing about the doctors, like, not giving women their actual... And all of that bullshit, if I'm listening correctly, uh, this situation didn't change that. That was changed at a different time for a different reason, almost certainly. Yeah, um, so it did not change that. Another lesson that wasn't learned that should have been learned. I feel like the only important lesson that actually came out of this specifically was that they abolished the coroner's jury. That feels like the only important takeaway from this. Yeah. Because everything, everything else could have done <laughs> well, without it was, this. I mean, obviously cited as a source or a reason not to do certain things. Like, I'm sure when they were talking about, like, yes, doctors have to tell you the truth about your medical information, they looked at this and mm-hmm. were like, here's why. Here's a good reason why. Right. But it wasn't the origin of any of that, and that mm-hmm. really sticks with me as well. It makes me feel increasingly more vulnerable because had I been born in a different time, you know, who knows what my life would be. And also, I mean, like, 
even being born in this time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It just definitely makes me feel uh, a level of vulnerability reading about mm-hmm. these women who I can see myself in. I can see people I love in. You know, it's it adds a layer of uh, vulnerability and surrealism uh, to me that I think is important to look at and pay attention to. And I'm just happy that I got to get through all that I wrote down, but I promise you, like, Kate Moore's book is $3 if you have a Kindle. And so it's, like, 20 if you don't, if you want to get, like, the hardcover or whatever, which, to be fair, the hardcover, like, version is beautiful. The, um, the cover is, like, glowy, shiny green and black, and so it, mm-hmm. like, it's oh, very like it. artistically done. Like, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Like, um, but if you don't want to spend a ton of money on it, uh, it's $3 for a Kindle, or I'm sure your library has it. Like, there are lots of great library resources, or um, you can borrow it from a friend. I don't know. <laughs> I sent it to <laughs> my dad's wife. Uh, I gave it to her for Christmas a few years ago. Um, so you can borrow it from her, maybe. Who knows? Nice. Who cool. knows? If anybody is friends with her, hit her up. Rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm. She fought against this type of shit. And nobody is perfect, right? Everybody has, like... But I don't think that should be an excuse. It's not an excuse, and it's not an excuse to overlook the good that they did. Because that's one of the things I've seen coming out about Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like, well, actually, she was pretty fucking racist, or actually, she was blah, blah, blah. And it's like... That that might be true. That might be true in some of the things Mm. she did. I mean, she was more... Uh, middle of the aisle and so I'm sure that some of her things weren't as out loud proud Mm -hmm. you know in the ways that we would be nowadays but that's not to overlook what she did accomplish that's not to overlook the work that she did do the fight that she did fight and that's same same with these women if any of them actually did die of syphilis that doesn't take away the fact that they still interacted with poison every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't matter what you try to take away from people in death. It doesn't excuse yeah. what they what they went through or it doesn't it's not to cover up um, or take away from mm-hmm. yeah. the lives that they led. Uh, so anyways, that is my episode. That is a good one. <laughs> Uh, no, that's right. Yeah. Well, we could have talked about it for long, but I'll... <laughs> this has been not an expert. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for taking time. Again, please read that book. Again, please go vote. Uh, the election is two weeks away, um, but a lot of states are letting you early vote. So please look at your resources if you open basically any any app on your phone. Um, By the time this is released, the election will be in five days. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but any resource, any resource on your phone, please go vote. Um, this is probably the last episode we release before the election, so... So, make us it. proud. Make us proud. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop talking about voting. It's not an expert podcast. Hey. I'm heated. <laughs> I'm angry. Um, that was it. not...